0: To Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on ZahraPedersen.com. Welcome to the show and welcome back to another episode of the podcast I am so excited as per usual to sit down and record another episode for you guys and of course introduce you to yet another incredible inspiring and just all-around lovely young muslima who can help inspire you to live your very best life and certainly this guest really does do all of that today's guest is nasra sharif nasra is a multi-hyphenate creative designer who lives in london she co-founded an award-winning modest wear brand called baraka london with her sister and she also founded a content creating business shooting content for brands and influences called dose of stars she sells courses and coaching on how to shoot and edit social media content all from a phone. She is truly an inspiring young powerhouse and I absolutely cannot wait for you guys to meet her. So without further ado, here's Nasra. Assalamu Alaikum Nasra, how are you? alaikum salam Zahra, how are you? I'm really well. I'm very excited to have you on. I haven't seen you in Years, I <laughs> know, <laughs> and that's it's, it's so funny. I think really, like with with social media, and I keep coming back to this with recording these podcast episodes. It's like these women that I haven't seen for years, and yet I feel so close to them at the same time because I'm seeing them every day on my feed, you know. And you're definitely up there. <laughs> it's
1: true. It's true. Social media is a great way to connect with others, and especially since you li- you moved from London. So um, now it's like with social media, it's just really easy to see what the other person's up to, where they've moved, how they're living,
0: without actually having to talk to them every day. I know. And it's like as an introvert, I am a massive fan. (laughs) I can say like, I'm like, yeah, that's good. I can stay home and socialize. It works for me. (laughs) So um, I have already kind of introduced you a little bit to the listeners, but I really always love for the listeners to hear about who you are using your own words. So would you mind giving a little introduction of yourself? Of course, of course. Hi, um,
1: I'm Nasara. I'm sure you guys know that now. Um, but <laughs> I am a, well, I would describe it as a multi-hyphenate. So I'm someone who does quite a lot of things, more than one thing, and I make money from it. And, you know, um more than anything I like creative things so I work in the creative field I'm a creative designer I was a fashion designer for I think I will say just over eight years and I co-founded a modest wear brand with my sister and we handmade our buyers and we sold them online and that was amazing during that time But at the same time, you know, I I enjoy doing other creative things. So I was running a blog at the time called 25 Stars. I no longer have the blog, but I still run the Instagram page, which you guys can easily find me on 25 Stars at Instagram. And I just document my daily life and A lot of um, the creative things that I get up to, I also work as like an influencer on that page. Recently, I started a new brand, which is Dose of Stars, where I help brands and influencers create content For their social media pages. So I shoot content for them and I coach and teach people on how to create their own content for their social media all on their
0: smartphone. So many things. (laughs) I know. but I love it I love it this is you know like I we've spoken a little bit before we started hitting record you know and and so I'm also like a multi-hyphenate I can't I'm so sorry dear listeners I'm butchering the word I don't know how to pronounce it properly but I'm definitely one of those entrepreneurs as well like you know dipping my pen into different pots everywhere like I just like to do Mm -hmm. everything and I think this is where we connect quite a bit because we recognize the trait in each other a lot and the I think I should we call it the ambition or the drive the that hunger for creativity and creating more and not getting stuck into one box but it's such an interesting place to be as an entrepreneur because quite often um and this is what i personally find and i, I you know i'd love to hear your thoughts on it 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 can seem confusing to the outside eye like as as in like you know when i'm writing my bio just on instagram for instance it's like um, i'm an author i'm a life coach i'm a entrepreneur i'm a, a, a tv host i'm a podcaster you know, like all of a sudden you've got like 10 things on your list and all of the things are active it's just sort of like but I'm just juggling everything
1: yes yes it's it's interesting because when when I describe to people what I'm doing or they ask oh how's business going I think to myself which one is it and (laughs) (laughs) most of the time they ask about the fashion one baraka because um I was running that one for eight years so when when I tell them oh I'm, I'm actually teaching people how to take photos now. They're like, wait, so what happened to the old business? Is uh, like, How come? It, was it not successful? Did you fail in it? And I don't think people realise the essence of being a multi-hyphenate is not that you're jumping to new projects or new brands because the old one is failing. It's just because you overwork and you give 110% into anything that you're doing that it becomes successful. It becomes successful that you basically open up this new life for yourself where you're able to do everything that you've dreamed of doing, being, I don't even know how to word it, but you're able to do everything that you've dreamed of doing, but you're also able to do it in the best of your abilities and it allows you to make money from it
0: yeah so when
1: people see that you're doing all of these things the thing is you're not doing them because you failed at the previous thing that you were doing and you're going into the next best thing it's because you're good at what you're doing but you're good at something else as well and you're good at something else as well and you want to share it to the world to show them that look I could do I could do a lot of things and I could do it in the best of my abilities and I can help you through sharing what I'm doing as well so it's It's a rare thing to find, but then it just means that we're not people that you can easily categorise into a box of she's just one thing and this is the only thing that you're able to achieve and that's it.
0: Yeah, I think the thing about um, being so multi-passionate and starting or doing a lot of things in one go is that a lot of people have this idea that that surely must mean that something is falling behind. Yes. Or like that, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, some of it, you can't keep up everything because most people when they start juggling these things fail somewhere or like they'll drop all or two or three or all of them. And yes. I think that's the thing when you when you are, an, a, 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 you know, used to juggling so many different things and wearing so many different hats. It it kind of feels as if like j- just doing one thing would be too little. It's not enough. There needs to be more. Like yes, yes, that's exactly.
1: It. I like that earlier you said that it's also um like every single day is different. Yeah, yeah. You're not doing the same thing. Like the normal nine to five job doesn't work for us. No. no, no, it's nine to like eleven in yeah <laughs> instead. It, it it doesn't it doesn't, and I like that. Before we started the podcast, we had like a quick conversation, and we were saying that when you first started your brand years ago, you you made your own website. Hmm. That is what multi hyphenates do. If we're honest, like for me, I make my own websites now. You know, hmm. it's it's just something that's just natural for us. If if you need something done, instead of asking someone else to do it for you, you do it yourself. And during that process of learning that new hobby, you become really good at it. And it becomes something where when you're really good at it, you share with the world, look, I've made this or I've done this and other people are really impressed with it. And they're like, wait, if you could do this, can you do it for me? And 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 you think, Okay, why not? And then next thing you know, you've got a new quality or a new something new that you have underneath your belt that you can do.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I think that's what makes um, multi-hyphenate entrepreneurs so interesting, because I I don't know about you, but I certainly, um, I, I didn't think I did, but I, I found out that I do, um, maybe more because... I've had to more than that I've wanted to. But I heard this principle, uh, I can't remember if it was a podcast or I read it in a book, that you should never delegate a piece of work to someone unless you know how to do it. it within your own business, of course. Like So in your own business, you should know how to write a newsletter. So don't delegate a newsletter until you know how to write one. Um, you should know how to edit your own YouTube videos. Don't just give it to somebody else. Do it yourself. The podcast, or everything that you're doing, you should kind of know the – the ins basics. and outs of, yeah the basics how do you actually do it before you give it to somebody else because god forbid that person leaves and you can't get somebody else to do the job you're fucked <laughs> you know to say it mildly and i think in the beginning i was i didn't think i was sort of I didn't, I was reluctantly going with it because I was like, no, it's just because I don't have the money to hire somebody. But now, you know, seven years later, and, you know, as you, as you said, you know, I, I, cre- I could create my website and I would redesign my website, you know, based on my own mood and how my business elevated. I created my YouTubes and my podcast. I figured it out. Everything you just have to figure out. And then you're sitting at the end of it, you know, with so many new skills. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't know you were a video editor.
0: I didn't know that either until I did it. <laughs> I didn't know it was my kid either. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly what I, I wouldn't call myself a video edit, editor because clearly there are other yeah, people that are much more talented than I am. But, you know, little things like, for instance, podcasts, you know, yes, I've I've hired someone to do the intro and outro because I really wanted that to be professional. But the rest of it, I edit myself. If I film something for YouTube, I don't delegate. I'll film it and edit it myself. My Instagram videos, I'll edit and and film myself. And, you know, you end up having all these skills that are so valuable, right? And then at some point now that I, you know, I'm starting to make more money and hiring more people... I still know what it, what goes behind it. So I think I just appreciate the work so much more because I don't have to do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's, it's a really cool thing though, because you really end up having people who have these really odd skills. Like I'm a life coach that also know how to design a website. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: take photos. Cause I remember the first time I met you, you were a photographer.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny when I start thinking about it and you sort of reintroduced the the term multi-hyphenate to me, I was like, oh, my God, yes, I am one of those people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything just kind of falls into place. So how do you feel like if somebody's sitting out there right now, for instance, you know, because I do know that there are people out there who's like, oh, maybe I should just focus on one thing. Mm. Because a lot of advice that you get out there is focus on one thing, make it great, and then move on to the next. What do yeah. you? What's your take on that?
1: What's my take on it? um that that advice bothered me for years if i'm honest mm. because um it meant that i had to hide all my other talents because i i literally lived by that advice as well which was you know you could only stick to one niche do one thing be the best you can at that thing and you don't you don't dip your toes into other things and it it really bothered me for a really long time and it felt like i've lost a bit of myself when when i like avoided working on all the other things i was good at doing and when i finally accepted that this is who i am and it's okay to to do a lot of things and be good at them i think it really allowed me to step into myself and be the best version of myself and you know when you look at a lot of rich people you realize that they they don't they don't get all their money from just one source of income. Mm. When I started realizing that, I was like, "Why am I li- limiting myself to just one thing? Why am I because because you're t- you're taught to just be uh, and like to stick to one niche? Why am I limiting myself if I'm good at other things and it can clearly bring me money and it will bring me joy in doing them? Because most of the time, they're just hobbies that have extended into jobs.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Then I need to be doing it and I need to stop listening to what others are saying, you yeah. know, because no one else is going to live your life for you.
0: I love that you said, you know, that it's like as if you're kind of limiting yourself or a part of who you are when you kind of just have to focus on one thing. Because I personally feel that like in my core yeah. when you say that, because that's how I feel as well. Like, I can't be me if I don't also do the podcast and do this and do that. Like, I have to do all of it. And yeah. I really like. Can you can you talk into that a little bit because I think this is what people ne- don't necessarily understand about being so multi passionate is mm. that it's part of you. Yes, yes. So um, when I ran
1: Baraka London, Baraka London was a modest wear brand. So what I my job was basically to sew. I would sew, make the. I was a head designer and head seamstress. So I would um, design the abayas and garments, sew them and send them out. It was a small brand and it was an online one. So it wasn't anything too big or fancy, but I loved it. But at the same time, I enjoyed baking and cooking and going to different places in London in my free time. And because I was indoors most of the the week sewing and making sure the orders and the business was running, when I had my free time, I would literally go around London like a tourist, go to different cafes that popped up, taking pictures, and I would post them on my social media and my blog when I had my blog. And people were fascinated with it. They were really, really fascinated. They were like, the way you capture Life or stories, what I call it now, visual storytelling—just visually telling a story on how I'm living. They were fascinated with it, and because I did that, it opened the doors for my new brand, Dose of Stars. If I did not do that, and if I stopped, you know, capturing these pictures and posting them on social media because it's not normal and it's not part of the niche, and I'm a fashion designer and I need to stick to that niche, I wouldn't have been able to have like. I wouldn't have been able to have days off where I feel comfortable mm-hmm. from work, away from work, doing something that I love, but then sharing it with the rest of the world and seeing seeing people also appreciate and love it. And even if other people on their days off couldn't go out or they lived in another country in, in, around the world and they, they access my page, they will see things visually, they'll see... Like I'm not my words now. They will, um, they will experience what I'm seeing. Mm. And if I would, and if I didn't do that, and I held myself back because look, I'm just a fashion designer, and all I'm supposed to post about is just fashion designing and stuff. I wouldn't have been able to help and affect other people's lives through the photos and videos that I was creating and taking, and it wouldn't have opened m- doors for my new
0: business once my old business closed. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I love how you say it's visual storytelling, you know, as well as mm. like, you know, it's not just taking pictures, it's visual storytelling. And I, and I think you're really, really good at it. You're like, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just take a picture and post it on the socials and hope to get a lot of likes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not everyone can tell a story though, with their pictures. And it takes quite a quite a bit of talent actually to see a picture that's you know whether it just be a cup of coffee but then making it even more I don't know glamorous or delicious or juicy or something with the way that you've Place the cup, or with the background, or something. There's it's a whole art form, and 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 I mm. think there's very little recognition in that because we're like, oh my god, are you really going to take pictures of a coffee cup? Yes, I'm going to take pictures of a coffee cup because it tells a damn story, you know. Like, <laughs> don't undermine the amount of talent that actually goes into being able to tell a story from one picture, and then also, mm-hmm. you know, having people all around the world being able to sort of relate and live into that story, you know. And I think in some cases, you know, it's kind of like. As you say, if they if they're in a in a situation where they can't necessarily go out or whatever, whatever that might yeah. be, um, then that's like oh, a little little piece of escape for them as well. You know, it's a little refuge for them, and that's really nice. And that's it. That's the
1: key word you use: escapism. It's yeah. it's a form of escapism for a lot of people, and for me, it was from my business. Even though I loved. Um, sewing and stuff but it was my days off and I wanted to escape being a fashion designer and you know experience a different type of life and share it on social media now if I held myself back from doing that I like we were saying earlier it feels like you're you're stifling your creativity or your. It does because and then and then you think oh I can't share this or I can't do this because you know I've been told to just stick to one niche mm. and and I need to just stick to that niche and not share anything else. I think it really does hold hold people back. Where well, it held me back, and when I started being myself and sharing everything that I like to do, it it really did create a connection with the audience that I had on social media, but also the most important thing is it creates a connection with myself because I was doing what I loved and I didn't care what others thought that you know if I if I need to just do one thing or not for me it was just like I enjoy doing this I love it so I'm going to do it and I'm going to be good at it
0: yeah Yeah. and you are (laughs) (laughs) but I gotta say though as well and and this is um, from from seeing from like the person who posts and from the person who has to watch on both sides. You know, first of all, as the creator, the content creator, if you're constantly, and, and I know this from myself and I felt like, oh, I can only write about certain things on my blog or whatever, then I'd feel really like, oh my God, I don't know what to write. You know, like, I'm yeah. stuck, I can't write about mental yeah. health. It hasn't, back when I was a personal trainer, for instance, I felt like I can't write about mental health because it's not really unless I link it back to exercise or diet or whatever. Like I felt like I was really stressed stretching myself to try and make everything fit a specific box. And when I kind of removed it, it felt much easier. But one of the things that as a creator, I felt like it did it. um, It made me feel like my content was boring because it's the same thing you're saying over and over and over and over again. And also for myself as an audience, seeing other people, you know, rigid, rigidly sticking to one theme very mm. few people know how to do it elegantly. Let's put it that way. Mm. You know, mm. the, the, the kind of um, creators out there that I personally feel like I connect with the most are also the ones that from time to time kind of go sideways a little bit and then go back in. And then they go up a little bit and they go back in. And they constantly kind of move in different directions and they kind of have to take you a little bit out of your own sort of like, oh, wait a minute, this is new. You know, I, and I find that that's the most interesting things to follow. So you find them more engaging and relatable yeah because I feel like I you know it's, it's the, as I said again it kind of stops you in your track right and that's like, mm. the, like that's the trick with social media at least you know you want to stop people in the track, yes, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. everything happens so quickly and everybody shouts loud. Yes. so mm. when there's something new it's like hold up I need to just read this because this is something different mm. you know, than what I'm used to from this creator And I think that you're doing a really good job at that because your content is so diverse and yet it's Mm. unified within your Mm. brand. Mm. Mm. Mm.
1: I like that because what you do is you're seeing other elements of this person. With social media, you know, when they say that they only share the good stuff. So you don't see, you only see the perfect happy life or the picture perfect life. So when they do share other elements of their life, you th- you find them more relatable and you think, oh, oh, OK, so th- they also do this. That's interesting. Maybe I should research into this that they're doing as well. And it opens new doors for you instead of just sticking to one niche and having to see it all the time, like you're saying, you do get quite sick of it. Like if you're following a travel blogger, unless you're traveling like they are 20, like (laughs) almost 300 days a year, well, not now, subhanAllah, (laughs) but but before, you would get bored of it because you're like, I can't travel. So I, I don't want to see travel posts all the time. But then if they sometimes post about, you know, their healthy breakfast that they've had, or, you know, an experience that they've had, then it will allow you to feel that you have a better connection with the person you're following, but then it will make you want to stay on that page yeah. and get to know them more as well.
0: I think that's the thing, that's really. That's the key word, you know, that personal connection with people. You can like you can relate to somebody. I think that's the mm. thing that makes a huge difference for most people now in gaining followers and having a loyal following and like audience base is whether mm. people relate to you and people mm. don't relate to perfect. You know, you can have a perfect no, they don't. You have to sometimes yeah. remember to write in the captions or in the stories, post something that's more real this is what people relate to is the this the human side of you Mm. as well so Mm. how do you feel with being sort of like this multi-hyphenate entrepreneur what's like the biggest challenge for you and then also being online at the same time and and having all these different interests I think personal branding is
1: probably the biggest challenge because like you're saying people need to feel like they relate to you but at the same time, when you're on social media, it's not a personal page. You, you're a brand. I believe so. I believe everyone that's on social media, whether you it's an open page or a closed page, you are a brand and everything you post represents yourself. So you have to be really careful, even though you have to be relatable to everyone, but you do also have to be careful in what you post. And um, that for me is probably one of the biggest sort of like hardest things because um, I I currently run two for social media I currently run two Instagram pages. And so we have um, Dose of Stars, which is the business and it's the photography and it's the content creation and stuff. So with that page, I would only post just about creating content, photography, you know, how to edit your photos, how to create presets and all of those things. And then with the 25 stars one, I have to be really careful, even though 25 stars is the owner of Dose of Stars. I can't make that page too much about selling and sound too salesy I have to also be relatable to everyone so I can't always say look guys I created this please buy it yeah. or I created that please buy it so I'm doing this so you guys can buy it you know I have to make sure to to show people the normal side of of my life and and you know I'll I, I, you know, I eat, I, eat, I eat this for breakfast, which some, for some people, they may love it. And others might be like, OK, I really don't want to know what she eats for breakfast. But just so that they can see that it's, it's, it's relatable. But then at the same time, I have to also make sure that 25 stars page is connected to dose of stars. So you still need to buy from me. Like, I still need people to buy. I still need them to, you know, find that page relevant. I still need to always connect to it. But I have to do it in a way where it's engaging, but then you also feel that connection. It's easy when you listen, when you think about it. It sounds easy, but when you're actually doing it, it's much harder than most people think. I had a conversation with a friend a few um, days ago. And, you know, we were talking about engagement on social media and, you know, like with my engagement recently, it dropped. And so I had to work out why it was dropping, what I need to change, how I should market it. And then there's a new Instagram algorithm where we're all forced into creating reels daily. I'm posting daily and I'm like how many reels can I create like I don't want to be doing that singing dancing thing that everyone's doing (laughs) how can I make it it feels like almost it feels like a circus (laughs) (laughs) because everyone's doing the same thing to boost that 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 engagement and what's that thing that everyone's doing they're dancing and they're singing And they're just talking about their niche while they're dancing and singing. And I'm like, that's not me. That's not my brand. So I can't really do that. So I was trying to, like, you know, work out how can I create reels, but make it engaging for my audience. But at the same time, subconsciously, they want to buy from me
0: yeah that's what it is and like there's no shame in that game you need to make money <laughs> yeah that's my job it's
1: not like I'm doing it because I love it but I need to get paid at the end of the day
0: mm. and it's
1: good because like I could create a reels of and this is what I've currently started doing food baking I love baking I love creating food but I like creating an experience hmm. so I'm I'm not sure if you've seen some of my reels have. of the, the food <laughs> recipes they're very very like I've, I've heard people explain it to me before like it's really soothing and calm. I was just to gonna watch. say
0: to you I feel like your reels are kind of like ASMR because yeah you've got, you, you're speaking so softly and it's like always just so relaxed and like you know because everybody else's is so pow 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 and music 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 big transition yeah it's so nice to have that opposite of like hey let's just chill for a minute and look at this bagel
1: exactly (laughs) we can't go
0: out for brunch why don't we make one at home yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely I love I was actually I think your reels like I'm really enjoying them but again it's because they don't follow the norm. There's something different yeah. forces me to stop. Because yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, this is different. This is new, you know? Exactly. But then it's like, for me, it has to still connect
1: with with my brand and with selling and having brands contact me to create content. So it's, it's like when people see it, they're just like, oh, wait, she just cooked her brunch or her breakfast. It looks nice. It's pretty. But for me, it's like I have to organize and design it. So brands, when they see my work, it's like almost like a portfolio. They're like, okay, I can work with her. So um when I created uh, when I started creating the reels, it was really more to just boost engagement on social media so more people can find me. And Alhamdulillah through that I've had brands contact me and say, look, we want you to create um like content for us or shoot some photography for us, which is what I do for Dose of Stars. But it's it's Having that element of of being able to do something I love, do it in a creative way, share it in a way that it doesn't feel too salesy and I'm shoving my job down your throat, but then also be able to connect with brands to show them this is the type of content I can do is really difficult, yeah and and sometimes it's like you know when you're not a when you're not a business on social media and you're just on to escape or you're on social media just for fun I don't think people understand how hard it is behind closed doors and how hard it is sometimes for brands to not let it get to them if the engagement isn't good enough
0: yeah yeah
1: and and how much hard work that goes into it so when I was explaining it to my friend if I go back to the original story I was explaining to my friend she was like wow so you're doing all of that just to sell, she was like, I would never have thought it. She was like, When you look at your page, you just look like someone that's having fun. Yeah, it's posting. She was like, You do it in such a way that it, it almost just feels like you know someone it's a visual storytelling you're just visually telling a story of what you're getting up to and how you're doing it and what you're eating and where
0: you're going and what clothes you're wearing or your skincare or your makeup and all of that you're just taking little tidbits out of your life and sharing it kind of effortlessly but there's actually a huge amount of work that goes behind it at the end of the day
1: there is there's a huge amount of work but then there's also a goal at the end of that work to mm. to get more work and to work with more brands so yeah. that i can make money so i could create more content and you know for me that's probably the hardest part is having that brand image and being myself at the same time
0: yeah no i yeah. can appreciate that because i think that's also one of my biggest ones and i always that's the, that's my my biggest struggle but i think i need to kind of like take a page out of your book and i think i need to start creating more reels as well i need to get yes. on that game <laughs>
1: yes I yes like, yeah. I, i'm not going to like it stressed me when reels came out i was like gosh there's something yeah. new i need to learn now
0: yeah like another thing really <laughs> that's what i mean
1: really <laughs> and 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 as a multi hyphen, i'm sure you know we're perfectionists like we want to if we're going to do something we're going to give it 100
0: yeah i'm not
1: going to half ass i think sorry, sorry. no go
0: ahead. Um. i'm
1: not going to do anything in like a halfway i'm going to do it the best i can but at the same time we don't copy other people. So we're not doing it because everyone else is doing it. Or we're not going to do it the way everyone else is doing for us. It's like, I'm going to add my own little spice to it yeah. and do it in a way that's relevant to my audience and to myself. So you don't lose a
0: bit of yourself in creating this. Yeah, exactly. I kind of want to mm. um, move on to something a little bit different. Um, yes. Because, um, I've been following you um, for
1: of years, <laughs>
0: yeah. Like I, I don't know, like maybe six years or something. Yeah, think, on Instagram. Um, and yes. I remember back in those days. I know we kind of spoke about it before we started recording. I'm so sorry, listeners. We, we were talking before. <laughs> but, um, um, we were talking about the whole how your your Instagram visually also has changed and like the personification yes. of you has changed because back in the day, you didn't post your your face and there's still a couple of times you kind of like put the little mark over your face every now and again but mm. like you're you're more of your face is come especially in your stories actually I've noticed you're you're far more generous with your face on your stories than on your timeline mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a conscious decision but I, is- I kind of <laughs> I've I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just noticed it you know I could be completely I can, wrong I don't know if you've thought about I it
1: can, no no it's true it is a conscious decision okay, yeah. I can explain <laughs> it if
0: you want yeah <laughs> I mean I'm just really intrigued with this whole phenomena of a mm. not posting your face and then mm. the the transition from posting your face from not posting your face to then moving towards actually let me just put my face on a few pictures here and yeah. there
1: yeah yeah, so um um i was originally a faceless blogger so um anyone that wants me to explain it a faceless a, 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 a. Let me start that again <laughs> a faceless blogger is someone that posts on social media but chooses not to show their face when i first started being a faceless blogger it was um because of Barack london um the modest wear brand my sister and I, when we first started it, the, the, our conscious decision was just, you know, at the time it was interesting because you had a lot of modest bloggers and modest influencers start off as influencers and then they, they will create their brand and they will be the face of their brand. They will sell their brand. So when my sister and I f- first started with our brand, our conscious decision was that we were not going to be the brand the brand will stand by itself and so our face did not need to be there on social media to sell our brand that was our decision we really wanted to keep our our personal life private so it's different to the brand and so if you see us outside you probably wouldn't know that we just created that abaya you're, you're wearing right now and mm. I've spotted quite a few people outside on the streets wearing um, our abayas, and I'm just like I look at them I'm like you probably don't even know I created that for you and I loved it I love that feeling and I loved the feeling of just being unknown when when so that was mainly for Baraka but then as on 25 stars as that blog grew I also grew and I reached a point where I was ready to level up and go to the next stage of my blogging career and I worked as a faceless blogger for a really long time and I just felt like I, I don't even know how to explain it I just felt like and this happened at the beginning of last year around this time where I was in a coaching call, a group coaching call with a couple of other sisters and our coach at the time. And one of the sisters was like, you know, for her business, she found it really difficult to show up for her business. Mm. And, you know, they were talking about doing Instagram lives or Instagram TV videos and stuff just to show up and to sell more. And I remember our coach asked her, why are you finding it difficult to show up? Why are you finding it difficult to show your face? It's okay if you don't, but I, she just wanted to know why. And I sat there and I just thought, wow, why am I finding it difficult? Because it, in the beginning, it started off being because of Barakan. we didn't want to show our face. But now it turned into something where I felt almost comfortable being unknown and, you know, having like an unknown identity on social media. And when when she said that I sat down and I thought to myself, you know, it's become so much of a comfort zone for me not to show up on social media and not to show my face. I felt like I was restricting myself and I was restricting my own growth. Mm. So the decision, it sounds weird. I know everyone's gonna probably be like, wait, that's it. That's the only reason she started showing her face is because I wanted to grow more. And I wanted to, you know, experiment and experience a different side of social media where I will show my face more and hopefully engage with my audience more now that they see me. Being a faceless blogger and now starting to show my face, I'm going to be honest, there isn't much of a difference when it comes to engagement with the audience because I firmly believe it is about the content you post and how you speak to your audience. But for my own confidence And being able to, you know, talk now like with you before I I struggled public speaking and talking and talking on podcasts and stuff like that, because I was a faceless blogger for so long, just showing up and being on social media and having my own identity became extremely difficult. So for me, showing my face was a way of gaining my confidence again and gaining myself again you can tell now that I don't feel 100% comfortable with it yet because I still hide my face when it comes to my posts and I still and I feel confident on my Instagram stories because it only stays
0: for 24 hours yeah 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 I know that trick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, faces, the, Unless, the faces go on the stories and the make that one they go on the timeline <laughs> exactly but then
1: also another reason why I cover a lot on the timeline ones is because I'm not a, I'm not like a model so a lot of the fashion shoots that I post on my timeline the outfit shots and stuff that I post on my timeline is mainly because my audience really like it and they like to see what I wear and how I style things. But most of the time, my face doesn't match the the outfit. So I might have like a funny face or my eyes are like half closed or something. So the easiest option is just to cover the face so
0: you don't really see the expression. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that was the reason why you would cover <laughs> it. I honestly Is, i just thought it was like a brand decision but that you like I, I didn't I didn't understand the the transformation but I loved it though I did i yeah. gotta say I love to see your face I generally I don't think I follow any faceless influences but I'm I'm hmm. personally the kind of person who's like I want to see who I'm talking to but yeah. it's funny though because I've still followed you but it's because your content has been just so beautiful but then at the same time I just remember when when you started posting for I was like, I was like Oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> you know, but but as 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 I said before, you know, we actually met, you know, I can't remember 2015, 2016. I can't remember when exactly to be honest, where I was at an event to take pictures because again, multi hyphenate you know? And yeah. you and your sisters were there and you both approached me and were like, Hi, Zara. And I was like, Ooh these people <laughs> know what you guys look like you yes. know I was following you guys on social media but I, did, I had no clue who you were and you had to like mm. oh we're following each other on socials and such yeah and I'm so and so and I'm so and so like
1: oh that's it
0: yeah like but, it, but it's, <laughs> the, that's the thing for me you know like but but you know handle everything is fine but I I personally do you know I, I, I connect more with people when I can see their face, for sure. Mm. So I personally also I'm very much about putting my face out there and all these things. But I can I just I wanted to understand the whole faceless thing because as you said, there's so many influencers out there as well. There who is, there is. doing amazing.
1: When when my sister and I first started doing the faceless, it was very rare.
0: It was very rare,
1: and as an influencer, getting brands to work with you as a faceless influencer was extremely hard. It was extremely hard. But now it's it's become where a lot of people feel more comfortable being a faceless influencer, that brands have just adapted to it. They've adapted to it. And you'll see now a lot of, and it's interesting, you'll see a lot of beauty, beauty, Instagram pages and influencers, they don't actually show their face. This isn't the makeup one I'm talking about. The makeup ones do because they're showing you how to apply the face, the the makeup product on their face. But the beauty brands, you realize a lot of them don't actually show their face. So you don't really know what their skin looks like. You have perfectly curated photos of skincare products and textures and the creams and the insides and the unboxing. And they will describe the product to you and how it works. And that's how you buy it but then you don't actually see their skin or their face.
0: So it's become a normal thing now yeah but even to be fair even some makeup i've seen like makeup um artists who only put uh the the makeup on models yeah, I... for instance yeah or on the yeah. eye or the lip or the ones where you just see their hand but you they're always a new model so you don't know who's actually putting on their makeup the fashion ones are really big at it as well i feel like the ones where they crop their their head off the and you face just off, yeah. but it's, it, it makes sense because if you want to talk about a product like a coat you want people to look at the coat and not your makeup <laughs> For instance, yeah. or if you want to sell a yeah. lipstick, you don't want them to look at the eyeshadows. So it makes sense. It really does. Like, it, it, it does make sense. It does make sense. But I think it's, it's, it's like the thing for, for, like, when when back in the day when when there wasn't that many people who were doing it, I think my thought was, oh, maybe they're doing it because they're Muslim and they're covered up and don't want to show their face. But I know that's maybe, I'm so sorry if that offence. No, 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 it's was the true
1: thought. though. It's true. It's true. Quite a few do, though, if I'm honest. Quite a few do. They do choose not to because, like, for for my sister and I, when we first started doing that, um, for those that are wondering why I keep referring back to my sister, is because we, we co-founded Baraka together. So a lot of my journey started with working with her through Baraka. So we were both faceless um, bloggers as well as owning our own Baraka label. Um, so when we first started doing and I first started doing um, covering my face and stuff it really was for privacy right yeah it really was for privacy so when I see Muslims do it now and back then when they did it I I feel like a lot of them also did it for that reason where you're on social media but then your presence and your identity isn't there
0: for
1: people to have access to
0: yeah and that's the thing and i do think it's like especially when i was getting started and i was networking with a lot of uh, entrepreneurs female muslim entrepreneurs in london that was one of the things that i definitely saw a lot because like people would be like oh how how do you like get comfortable posting your face on everywhere and doing videos and stuff and i'm like that's just because that's like i've never had any personal problems with it but there were so yeah. many like but it's you know this it should be about my brand and not me and and I get I do get it but then at the same time mm-hmm. like but I I, I recognize my yeah. personal you know but I want to see who I'm buying from like mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. <who> are. <laughs> do you know do you know something else that I
1: found that's interesting and I think I found this in myself as well your job was it mainly working through social media
0: No, no 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 I, it, the social media was the the platform I use to get clients to my to the gym to work out with me right so yeah exactly
1: I I realized most of the girls that do choose not to show their face actually have a completely different job to social media Mm. like say they work in banking or they're mm. a teacher, or, or they have like another type of job outside of social media. So for them, it was like that privacy and just hiding their identity in some way gave them that, that privacy they needed. So they don't have like not anyone can access them on social media mm. and see, look, oh, she's a banker, but then she's a modest blogger online or something. Whereas with me in the beginning, when I, when I worked with Baraka, it was the same as well, where it was, my my actual blog, I didn't use it to get clients for Baraka. Baraka stood on its own. But then it was always like I'm not my brand, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I didn't want to represent it in any negative sort of way or something where it would go back to the brand. But then now when when um, I choose, I chose to have my own identity and I'm working more now on social media than I ever had before, where everything I do now on social media is what gets me clients and it's what gets me a job and it's what pays like my bills and stuff. It's, it's really important for me to step up and to show myself as my brand and be the brand identity and I think that's why I really needed to show my face so I think that's that may be the difference between why some people choose not to show their face on social media Mm -hmm. and others we feel so comfortable well I feel comfortable now in doing it much more than before but you feel more comfortable because you need to your target audience is on social media so you need to show them this is who I am this is what I provide and they need to feel comfortable in seeing you and, and seeing you on social media and and who you are for them to book you and hire you and to um, to get a
0: job yeah absolutely mm-hmm. you know what Nasra? I know we keep talking about this but we are unfortunately coming up on time it went by so quickly um, but before we um, sign off here I'd love to give you an opportunity to reach out to the listeners if you want to share some links where they can connect with you stuff like
1: that of course okay so um if you do want to see my beautiful wonderful reels
0: (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) 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 and what I get up to daily um as well as just um my normal source of content please follow me on 25 stars on instagram as well as tiktok I've actually created a tiktok account you know mm. I had to get onto that trend yeah, <laughs> and work yeah. out how tiktok works you know I saw it so many times I was just like I need to work out how this tiktok thing works so yeah. that's how I got myself onto there
0: I'm on and- I've, I've done a couple of videos but I'm not very good at it <laughs> I can't find the consistency with it but it's okay either way
1: it gets easier because <laughs> I remember the first time I went on TikTok I expected the algorithm to be the same as Instagram so I posted it was a huge wake-up call for me like it was like a slap on the face like I literally mm-hmm. spent two weeks trying to work out the TikTok algorithm and how it works. Now, alhamdulillah, I've worked it out and it's, it's going really well. But in the beginning, it was just, wow, it was so different. It was so different. Um, yes, yeah, so you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. And if you want to work with me or learn about how to shoot your own content for your social media pages, all on your mobile phone, do follow me on Dose of Stars on Instagram. Both my 25 stars and Dose of Stars have links to my official website in the bio so you guys can easily access it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you, all of you, definitely should go and check out the Instagrams. I, I'm telling you, it's it's one of the 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 most beautiful curated feeds that I've seen and that I'm following. So it's you absolutely don't rob yourself of that joy. Go and 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 follow. And of course, we're going to have all the links so that you can follow her in uh, the so in the show notes. So go and check that out as well. But with that being said, I do think we have to say goodbye now. So Nasra, thank you um, so much for taking the time to, you know, sit here and record this podcast. You've dropped some golden nuggets for people today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. But um, okay. I'll see you over on Instagram, inshallah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Salaamu Alaikum Nasra. Wa Alaikum salam. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on ZaraPederson.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.